What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk to all the Saints. Uh, Shouts out to everybody here, those that are coming into the chat. Uh, really do appreciate your time. Thank you for spending your Monday morning uh, with yours truly. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, running back Alvin Kamara and as some of you may know that Alvin Kamara, uh, he gave a heartfelt speech after the game, after the Saints' uh, eight-point loss uh, to the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday. And uh, it basically uh, was a rallying cry, so to speak. Traquan Smith comes to the media and says that, you know, Alvin says something on the lines of, we're better than this, uh, you know, we're we're not a losing franchise, we're not – used to this type of stuff and um you know traquan was like it really kind of spoke volumes and it really made a lot of guys you know do some self-reflecting now the whole point of this episode is to answer the question does alvin kamara's speech mean anything like is this going to be uh is this gonna be the turning point of it all okay i, I kind of talked about it yesterday and a, a little bit and i said like team only meetings like you don't really see them working as much i said the only time i actually seen like a, a team only meeting work is when i was watching the movie remember the titans and remember the titans is one of my favorite movies of all time and uh, those guys got together and they were able to pull off an undefeated season well, as we look at the New Orleans Saints, and everybody pretty much knows the Saints are last place, but they're also one game back. And the question is also, can the New Orleans Saints be able to pull together some wins in order for them to be in playoff positioning towards the end? I mean, you look at uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They got mud walked uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals. Somebody said that they didn't get mud walked. Well, if they didn't get mud walked, they must have got moonwalked, but they got walked some way, somehow, okay? You lose 35 to 17, you got mud walked, okay? And to be honest with you, you know, a few little things that was a part of the first half kind of even got y'all to 17. But I digress. We went, you know, you know, I think the term the guy used was basement boy, but I tell you what, if the Saints are in the basement, the Atlanta Falcons are walking down the stairs. I can tell you that right now. But – we look at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they lose yesterday to the Cincinnati Bengals. And you also uh, look at Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, I am going to say Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because when Tampa Bay was winning, that's how they would announce themselves as Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As y'all can see, uh, they got some problems. They got some problems over there, man. Their offense is sputtering. Uh, Tom Brady is starting to show his age. You're starting to see, like, little things that, you know, show that a guy that's playing quarterback is 45 years old. 
So the Saints are in a really good prime position. I'm kind of skeptical. I'm sorry, who that nation. I know I made a lot of people upset, I'm pretty sure. But I'm kind of skeptical about the whole Saints situation because they're not very good and their coach isn't very good. And I'm just wondering to myself, can the Saints be able to generate some wins under his leadership? I'm just I'm just being honest, man. Like, can the New Orleans Saints be able to rally the troops under Dennis Allen? So I'm kind of skeptical about that. And I'm not saying that it ain't possible, but it's Dennis Allen we're talking about. But you have to give credit where credit is due. Alvin Kamara, uh, since 2017, has been one of the bright spots on his team. And for the first year, he's actually wearing a captain's patch. And I think he feels like it's within his rights to be able to stand up and him having the pedigree that he has being one of the best running backs in the league, uh, being a guy that that can generate electricity and also make things move offensively. I think that it was right for him uh, to be able to stand up. And I like it. I, I like the energy. I, I like the passion. You know, um, Alvin Kamara isn't used to losing. He's absolutely right. Uh, since he came to the Saints in 2017, for the exception of last year, that was the only time he never made the playoffs. And he doesn't want this to be a reoccurring thing. I just find it very weird and I find it very upsetting that a player had to stand up and and talk about some of the imperfections of the team before the coach actually did. And the fact that Traquan Smith said it was refreshing to hear someone actually say something, right? It just makes me wonder, like, why wasn't anything said by the coaches in the first place, right? I mean, it, maybe it was, but the way Traquan Smith worded it, it sounded like it was the first time guys were actually asked to look at themselves in the mirror verbally versus like being at the podium and Dennis Allen saying all the right things. You know, they need to do this. They need to do that. They need to clean it up, clean this up, clean that up. Clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. Clean up, clean up, everybody you know, the same old song and dance that we're used to Dennis Allen saying. So the fact that Alvin Kamara stepped up and said something about it, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, everything is in front of them. They still control their own destiny, surprisingly, after seven weeks, because the whole division is just absolutely trash. So I'm, I am I like the approach, but I just never really seen it work before. I never seen team only meetings work. Right. And the fact that you're in your very first year with a new head coach and you're having team only meetings or having conversations among yourselves. This kind of speaks volumes about the future of what the Saints going to be under Dennis Allen. You know, people are saying that you need to give Dennis Allen some time and Dennis Allen hasn't proven that he can be, you know, a good coach or a bad coach. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Um, The fact is Dennis Allen wasn't winning when he had his star guys in and he's not winning when they're out. So, I, I mean, I think seven, I think seven games is a good sample size to, to to figure out a guy, right? And then it's not like we're talking about Brian Dayball here, or we're talking about uh, McConnell out there in Minnesota. It's not like we're talking about you know some of these other coaches that are getting their first shot at it, right? Not even with uh, Doug Peterson. You know, I feel like you need to evaluate Doug Peterson differently as well. So the way that I'm looking at it. Yeah, you know, like I'm I'm evaluating Dennis Allen based on his coaching experience. And I'm just saying, like, if you're struggling in Oakland, right, and you didn't have the talent, you come to New Orleans and you do have the talent and you're still struggling. It's like 
why why are we sitting up here pretending like you know we can't evaluate something based on what we actually seen i just think that the fact is we want to give this guy a try because he represents our favorite team but in reality i just don't think he's very good i don't think that you're just going to come in and just turn the light just going to come on and you're just going to channel your inner nick saban or your inner bill belichick or your inner bill walsh it's rather you got it or you don't and i just don't feel like this guy has it and i just think that you know as the saints continue to if they find success you know people are going to feel like oh he's he's found his footing i i don't don't feel that way I, i think that this team is going to win if they generate wins they're going to win in spite of him like seriously i think they're going to win in spite of him like What I don't understand also where people try to defend him is what have you seen in these seven games that you feel like the team can actually build on, right? Normally, when you have a guy who is known for a certain side of the ball, you would see that side of the ball like being dominant, right? So his calling card is defense. Is the defense dominant? I'm just saying, okay. His, he is also known for being kind of punctual, right, and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and, and being organized. Are the Saints organized? Somebody tell me. I, I mean, the, the good qualities that got him the head coaching job, they're not even doing. So if they had a good defense and they wasn't having t- 12 men in a huddle and they wasn't getting false starts, then you can be like, okay, that's the reason why they elected him and, and hired him as the head coach. But when your defense is struggling and you're the def- you were the defensive coordinator and you're calling the defensive plays and the whole team is unorganized, right? You're averaging about six to seven penalties per game. What more can we say out of this? I, I just don't understand like how people can just feel like, oh, we need to give him a chance. Like you give a guy a chance if you, you starting to see certain things, but I, I don't see improvement from anything. The only, the only improvement I actually see, I see it on the offensive side of the football, and I see it on special teams. You would think that the defense would be able to build from the first couple of weeks, but they've gotten even worse. And that's with the, the top guys in the lineup. So what are we supposed to do? I don't understand it. Like I just feel like the Saints, if they're going to make a run, they're going to make a run in spite of Dennis Allen coaching. It's not going to be anything that he did. It's kind of like he's just going to be on the sidelines and – just being a figurehead at this point. Uh, let me read some of your comments. Thank you all for being here. I ask that you hit the like button. We've got 137 people here right now. Says Dennis Allen ain't messing up on the field with the interceptions and the broken tackles because uh, uh, them boys have uh, been playing ball since five years old. Look, that's a good point. But at the same time, you're the head coach. Look, as, fa- as fair or as unfair as that is, it's just what it is. Because here's the reality. If the Saints were six and one or they were seven and oh right everybody would be giving credit to dennis allen talking about how great he is as a coach the saints are not playing as well and people are talking about dennis allen being a a lame duck and i feel like that's fair right you as the head coach this is the representation of you regardless if the dudes are fumbling regardless if the dudes are throwing interceptions regardless the undisciplined play all around it's a representation of that coach Okay, it's just it's just that simple. We can sit up here and we can just try to defend it all day, but we know how the game rolls. If a coach is being successful and the team is winning, he's going to get the majority of the credit for turning the team around or making the team better. 
And if they're struggling, then he is going to get the backlash, which is justifiably so. And especially he's going to continue to get it when you're standing at the podium for seven to 10 minutes and telling everybody in the media, us that's watching at home or wherever we are, that you're going to fix these situations only for the situations to get worse. So my whole point is you get all the credit when you're winning. You get the blame when you're losing. And that's just the role of a head coach. And like I said, it just makes things worse when, you know, the things that you're saying not come into fruition. It just makes you look like, you know, you don't know what you're doing and you're in over your head. Uh, Dennis Soft, to me, not aggressive enough, which I can agree with. I just think that his play calling, his style is way too conservative. And I just think that when you're a head coach, you need to have your team buy into what you're trying to sell them, not being so careful, not, you know, trying to walk through the raindrops and not get wet. You know, it's about having a level of aggression where guys can get fired up by your play calling, by going out there and allowing the players to go out there and make plays. I don't feel like you can make a guy like Andy Dalton fired up. Okay. He threw an interception and then you got 40 seconds on a clock and two timeouts and not even letting the dude try to attempt to drive the field. It's basically like we're saying, we're going to take this knee because we don't believe you're going to be able to drive the ball down the field. Now, be that as it may, he may not be able to, but you should not be coaching scared. You're already losing. It's already falling apart. You got two timeouts. What's the worst that can happen? You make a few plays. They play in a soft, uh, soft defense. You'll be able to get into close to field goal range. Maybe Will Lester kick a longer field goal like he normally would do, but at least you made an attempt. The fact that you're just going to concede and you're not even getting the ball back in the second half, the fact that you concede it because you honestly just don't believe in Andy Dalton, like that kind of stuff right there speaks volumes. And I just think that that is your coaching style, to be that conservative. And if guys feel like you don't believe in them or you don't believe in the cause, it can make them feel kind of, uh you know taken back by what you're doing and it also can make them have this whole uh flight type mentality when it comes to you right like man i'm i'm out on you you know you ain't you ain't believing in me so why should i believe in you i mean it, it's it's certain things like that it's certain things that coaches i feel have to do in order for players to believe in what they're trying to do and dennis allen to me is way too conservative in his play calling and i just think that Guys are going to make mistakes. That's just the way that it goes. But you should not just completely like just shut the guys down and just completely like just forget about, you know, a, a guy just because he makes them make a mistake. I, I think that you have to be able to instill that confidence in them. It's kind of similar to uh, when Andy Dalton threw the pass to Callaway. Right. And it bounced through his hands. And it was a pick six. The very next play it was a passing play. He threw it right back to Callaway. Right. That's building your confidence. Like, okay, man, you made a mistake. Okay, but I still believe in you. That's the kind of stuff I feel Dennis Allen needs to, to have. That needs to be his approach, but it's not. I'm glad my notifications work. I watched the show live. Uh, let's see, my biggest complaint are injuries and undisciplined football. It speaks to preparation. Brandon, look, I, I, I think anybody can agree with this. We've talked about this for weeks, the New Orleans Saints getting in their own way, right? getting in their own way. It's not so much about the team that they're going up against. It's more so about them and not being disciplined. I mean, uh, going into the red zone five times, coming away with four field goals and one touchdown, right? Stuff like that, right? So 
those are the things that that are getting uh the saints beat you know um i don't even like i know they had these injuries but they still could have won some of these games without some of their key players in there if they would have played discipline uh, but you can't give the ball to the other team and you're down a few players you can't fumble the football and you're down a few players. You can't be trying to figure out what your offense is at the time and, and be giving the ball back to the other team. Like, you have to be disciplined. And the Saints weren't disciplined, you know, and that's the reason why they lost a few of these games. It had, you know, it had something to do with them not being disciplined. So, like I said, you you have to be able to look at the coach because you're asking yourself, why is it that this team is undisciplined? So uh, we can talk about the injuries and guys coming back, but if they can't get out of their own way and, and they continue to make these mistakes, it doesn't matter who's on the field. 16 years, come on, Dennis. Who that TJ and the fam? Yes, indeed, coaching is important. Penalties, turnover, guys out of position, and poor clock management coaching. You know, the crazy thing about it is if I if I can put one – if I can – if I can – if I can think of one thing that Dennis Allen is good at is holding these timeouts. Like you look like he, his control of the timeouts are much better than Sean Payton's. Like Sean Payton to call a timeout. You'll be, you know, Saints have had like one timeout, like early in the second half or something like that. He he knows how to hold those timeouts. So for that, I have to say, okay, that's probably one of the best things that he does. Right. Uh, but I just think that, I don't want to say it's the clock management, in my opinion. It, it's more of just undisciplined play, uh, being way too careful in, in certain moments, you know, that, that just caused them to end up losing these games and not having, you know what I'm saying, any idea about, you know, like being aggressive. Like, if you're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I, I keep saying that, but it's just the truth. Like, they just – they way too conservative. Like, if they got a lead, they be trying to hold on to it. It's almost like you balling up your fist and somebody comes to you trying to open your hand up. Like, what you got in there? What you got in there? Like, you trying to hold it with everything you have and not let them know. That's kind of how the Saints are. Like, they – they if they get a lead, no matter if it's a three-point lead or even a touchdown lead, they get in the fetal position, right? And they're like, okay, you know what I'm saying? We leading instead of, like, continuing to push the issue, right? Like – making you know what I'm saying making the lead even bigger and instead they get into the fetal position they try to protect the lead uh, I feel like this is a complete overreaction but in my opinion Michael Thomas has me worried in the draft due to injuries I was right on that uh that part but uh some can disagree he was worth the drafting look I don't think anybody feel, would say that uh Michael Thomas was a waste of a draft pick like Michael Thomas has been really good in the Saints uniform. I mean, he just been hurt over the last couple of years and it's got the who that nation frustrated. But I'm pretty sure he's frustrated too because, I mean, the dude was on a trajectory of being a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Like, if he would have, if he would have never got hurt and based on like what you've seen in 2019, him winning Offensive Player of the Year, he was on his way to Canton. He was putting up real big monster numbers and he was, he was balling. But, of course, you had like these injuries and they continue to uh, happen and he, there's no transparency coming out of the camp. You know, there's uh, the only transparency that we ever had was Sean Payton getting upset about him getting surgery in the first place, which makes a lot of people that support the team 
wonder like is he fully committed to the team and you can't help but to have that in the back of your mind he has a toe injury you know and he's out for like a month and we're we're wondering like he wasn't on ir so why wasn't he on ir maybe because he was saying that he'll be back or they probably anticipated him being back and now he doesn't come back and then you start watching other guys out here with nagging injuries and they still trying to play through it, but it seems like he's trying to get to 100% all the while. Uh, you know, you got other teams out here that are winning, and the team is relying on you to win and haven't really won consistently since you've been playing. It's just it's just frustrating. You know, it, it's just frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating as an onlooker. And, you know, based on, like I said, no transparency, you have to wonder to yourself, is he as hurt as he, he, he said that he is? Or is he just looking at the whole landscape of the team, not really having an offensive identity, uh, you know, kind of being careful, you know, with himself. And because the thing about it is, you know, he's so important to the team. So is he looking out for the team or is he looking for out for himself? And I think that's what people are wondering. But to me, I think he really is hurt. Uh, I think that he wants to be, a contributor to the team and he wants to make sure that he's as able-bodied as he can to not be a liability more so you know to help the team be able to win but that's just me and I know it's going to be frustrating because he hasn't played in a very long time consistently and it definitely doesn't help the fact that you know he hasn't been playing right around the time where he got that big contract uh we could easily be first in the division by a mile but Dennis Allen is inept as a head coach uh, clean up in all areas. <laughs> uh, that's the worst part. Of our defense has taken a step back as well. I mean, they 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 didn't took one two way back. Like you know, like they say one two way back. They didn't took twenty steps back. They look horrible. You know, and the thing about it is, it, it looks like they're just not interested in playing defense, which is the sad part. It's like it's like you playing seven on seven and you're not trying to hurt your teammates. That's how, that's how the defense looking out there. Guys don't seem to be scared or even nervous to make mistakes after a bad play. No one is getting on them as they come off the field. Yeah, that's one thing you can't say about Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton, if he see you running the wrong route or he's seeing you not doing something, he's going to let you know about it. But Dennis Allen, I mean, he's just over there with his hand on his face like this and looking up at the, the scoreboard. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. The guy just looked lost out there to me. Uh, who are we going to trade Michael Thomas' contract too big? Nobody going to trade that. Look, I don't understand why anybody's still talking about Michael Thomas being traded. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, some of y'all play Madden with the salary cap off, and if a guy don't catch a pass, then you can send him on, on your way and get draft capital out of him, and it don't matter how much you pay them. But that's not how it works in real life. All right? So people that's talking about they need to trade Michael Thomas, you cannot trade Michael Thomas without taking a significant cap hit. I don't know why people just keep on saying this. I don't know if they're just trying to put their mind at ease or they're just trying to be even more angry at the organization because they feel like the organization isn't making moves. But it would be a ridiculous and and a stupid move if the New Orleans Saints were to do that. And you think you mad now. Imagine how you would feel with that cap hit that they they would take by trading this dude. So – I mean, you just got to strap in. He is who he is. He's he's the guy that is going to be on his team at least until 2024, 2025. Uh, guys don't seem to be oh, – I already read that one. Let me stroll down a little bit. Uh, uh, now you give up nine for nine in the slot versus the Bengals. Is that not business? <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Name another game where we got roasted in the slot. I'll wait. Um, man, you I mean you really ain't seen that? But I mean, you also you had um, you had Bradley Roby playing in the slot, which I feel like you know that's a good spot for him. Uh, you also had PJ Williams out there that was kind of playing nickel slash safety as well. But now you got Chris Harris Jr. You haven't been on a team for I don't even think he's been on a team for a month. You know, he's been on a practice squad. He gets activated. Now he's playing full-time and playing on the outside, which that's just a recipe for disaster. And you have a, a bunch of guys out here that's just, you know, unproven. So I, th- I think that has something to do with it, but it doesn't help that you're not tackling. I mean, look, <laughs> even if you are struggling in coverage, at least you can do is tackles. And not only are these guys getting posterized, but they're not tackling. They're not tackling, so – Sean has us looking worse for a good seven week span last year, and nobody came for uh for him like this. That's because he had skins on the wall. Yeah, I mean, look, it, that's just what it is, Corey. Like <laughs> Sean Payton has skins on the wall. Okay. If Andy Reid has a bad stretch, then ain't nobody in Kansas City gonna be talking about, man, y'all need to get rid of Andy Reid, right? Because of all of the capital that he had built up. Bill Belichick, the same way. Pete Carroll, the same way. Like, when guys have been known for winning, when they have been known for bringing your franchise prosperity, they're not going to look at these guys the same way they're looking at a Dennis Allen. What has Dennis Allen done for us to be understanding about him going on a losing streak? Seriously, what what has he done? What has he done for us to be able to understand that? He he doesn't have the skins on the wall like a Sean Payton does, and I feel like that's fair, Right? I feel like that's fair because here's the thing. Even though the Saints struggled last year because they had guys that was, you know what I'm saying, playing backups, we've seen in years past when the Saints kind of went through the same type of situations when we were talking about how the, the, the secondary couldn't cover nobody and how they couldn't play no type of defense. And, and Sean Payton still had the team looking formidable, right? So all these different scenarios and stories that we have. For every last year, there was a year where Sean Payton – and, and, you know, Drew Brees got this thing together and, and turned chicken, chicken-ish chicken into chicken salad, right? But where are the skins on the wall for Dennis Allen? What, where's the, what have you seen out of Dennis Allen anywhere that will put your mind at ease about where this team can go? If, if the Saints are down, you know they're not going to be down for long with Sean Payton because of Sean Payton and his proven record. Dennis Allen hasn't done anything for us to not just sit up here and not criticize him based on what he's been doing like you can't come out the gate stinking it up right you can't come out the gate losing games going on losing streaks like let, let's get a couple wins let's get a couple nfc championship appearances a uh, deep playoff runs in, in place first before we start talking about oh man we need to give him a chance i mean we can try to we can try to put this thing together any way we want to but the saints were a sorry pathetic franchise before sean payton got here and everybody here, for the most part, really got on board with the Saints because of Sean Payton and the, the energy and the passion and the winning that he brought to this organization. It's just as simple as that. So is it fair? Probably not. But look, man, you got, like I said, you got to prove something to people in order for people to, you know, to be able to understand. But if you just sitting up here just Man, you just come off the street. Uh, they say, as the older folks say, you just hopped off the turnip truck 
and you're not doing anything productive and you're and you're losing games and the team looking like a mere shell of itself, then you know, I mean, I think it's well within everybody's rights to criticize this dude. Like you don't you don't have room to say, okay, man, we we gonna we gonna get it together. Like, are you sure about that? Jack stay home coming next week. You going, TJ? Uh, Jackson stay home coming was last week. Uh, but college game day uh, from ESPN. College game day gonna be at Jackson State this this Saturday, which is very very exciting. But no, I did not go to homecoming. I didn't go. Uh, let's see. Jameis uh, gets healthy. I think we will be okay. Uh, if we do uh, hit rebuild mode, say goodbye to Cam and AK. That's the most value on our roster, and I'm not ready for that. Brandon, uh, AK ain't going nowhere. Maybe a Cam Jordan, uh, you know, as far as the, with the cap, you know, if you're talking about what would be the most significant cap hit, I mean, look, Alvin Kamara is on his team for the foreseeable future. You know, it, it's just as simple as that. But, I mean – I mean, Cam Jordan, I, look, I would be all for Cam Jordan leaving if the Saints are just terrible and, you know, we don't see no signs of letting up. I, I, w- I don't want to see Cam Jordan grow throughout his career and not even have an opportunity to make a Super Bowl or be play, or play in a Super Bowl. So if he, can't do, if he can't do it in New Orleans, I would like to see him go do it somewhere else. I mean, it's com- kind of like Ricky Jackson, right? Ricky Jackson plays all these years for the Saints, all those sacks, all that production. Like, I'm happy he went to San Francisco and got a championship, you know? I mean, you hate to see those great players, you know, play all these years and don't even get an opportunity to play in a big game. It seems like people would rather Mike T play injured just to say he's out there than uh, opposed to let him uh, sit and get healthy. Playing while injured is what had him sitting all that time in the first place. Yeah, but, I mean, I just think that people just want to see 13 run up out the tunnel what you know and, and be healthy and be out there and contribute like you said but if the guy's hurt i mean there's nothing more you can do about it it's nothing more you can do about it except just wait uh if you're grown then you should understand how to respect someone's platform tj act for no profanity due to the younger and older viewers if you can't respect that how can you say you're grown well i don't know who cursing on here or whatever using like strong language but please don't do that uh, I, I ask that you don't do that, man. It's a family show. We try to keep it PG here. You know, there's there's a little light, you know what I'm saying, words that may come out from time to time, but let's, uh, you know, let's keep it clean. Eric Enemy is that guy. I don't know if he's that guy or not, but you should do your due diligence and find whoever that guy may be. Uh, how do you think of, um, about Alante's Taylor performance? Uh, I think that, you know, he he has a lot of confidence. Um him getting beat on on a, a pat you know on a pass uh passing route didn't surprise me, but I like the fact that he kept battling. And uh, you know, that's all you can ask for. You know, I I don't expect young guys to be like Revis off the bus. Like some of us, I feel like we just want this dude to be Revis. Any pass that comes his way, and we need to deflect it if the rock wide receiver catch it. Then we just ready to throw the guy away, you know, like, but these guys get paid a lot of money to catch these passes, just like these guys get paid a lot of money to deflect or intercept these passes. But for the most part, based on him being so young, the fact that the lights weren't too bright for him and him coming off IR, he was able to be up for, for the challenge. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, Matt at after further review did a great job breaking down the contract. So, 
no, we can't trade anybody without taking a huge cap hit. Yeah, I, I encourage anybody to check out Scone, man. Shout out to Matt Moscone. He broke it down uh, on one of his uh, one of his episodes uh, or after further review. I know it's available right now. So if you have a few minutes, make sure you take the time out uh, to take a look at that. I mean, he broke it down for everybody because, you know, a lot of the things that people are saying, they're saying based on emotion and not logic. And I just think that in order for you to really fully understand and fully grasp what's going on with the team, you have to be able to do your due diligence and not just saying stuff that makes you feel better, uh, that you feel like the Saints need to do without looking at it from a a logical uh, as well as a monetary uh, monetary standpoint. Uh, learn something, my guy. Listen to uh, TJ. Uh, hit that like button. Uh, always hit the like button. Yeah, if you have not already, we got 258 people watching this, so I ask that you hit the like button. Please do. The New Orleans Saints can still win the NFC South if they start playing better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can still win the division. You can still win that division uh, if they play better, but we'll see. Uh, we need some youthful energy at the head coaching position. It's a new era of football these days. Allen is not it. Sorry. Well, I don't know if it's um, you need young energy. I mean, I feel like that's the that, that seems like that's what they're trying to go to. They're trying to get some of these old heads up out of here. But, you know, I mean, guys like Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick not going to leave without kicking and screaming. But I don't I don't care if they're old. I don't care if they're young. You got to be able to reach these guys. Like even with Sean Payton, Sean Payton changed the way that he coached, you know, probably I'll say from like 2014 on until like he left last year. Like you start to see him kind of change up his personality. Like I heard Reggie Bush even say this. He was like, man, some of the things that was going on, like with the Saints now, he said, man, we ain't do none of these things. He said, you know, Sean Payton was more of a tyrant when he was the coach, you know, but now it's like he more laid back, but he had to do that. He had to, he had to adapt to this social media, you know, type uh, generation that, that he is coaching at this particular time. And if you feel like, you know, if you were under a Parcells coaching tree, I mean, you was coaching in the early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s or something like that. Right. Or even in the 80s. So a lot of things have changed from a technology standpoint, from a personality standpoint, from a social media standpoint. All these things have changed. And if you can't adapt, then you're basically just going to give uh, fall to the wayside. That's why a lot of these older coaches that we grew up watching, like the Bill Cowers and, you know, guys like that, Brian Billick, man, you ain't about to see these guys coaching anymore because of their personality and their unwillingness to adapt to modern society. So I do feel like, you know, in a certain extent, you know, those young coaches is it, is a much easier transition because that's their era, right? Like a guy like Sean McVay, like Sean McVay, I mean, he can relate to it. I mean, Sean McVay is younger than me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like he understands about social media. He understands about going viral. He understands about TikTok videos and all these type of things that these younger players are into. So he doesn't try to, you know, shy them away from it. He'll probably tell them, you know, no, don't do it during the game or whatever. But he he, he is not going to go out on a limb to try to minimize what these guys actually love and enjoy so I don't think you necessarily have to be a young coach, but I think you do have to have a level of understanding about what this generation is all about. And you got to give these younger players some wiggle room. Um, 
but you, you got to be able to have a balance as well. Like you got to give them some wiggle room, but you also have to have them understand that you are the head coach and what you're saying is for the betterment of the team. You got to get them on board. Okay. And, and for some apparent reason right now, I feel like Dennis Allen has not done a good job at doing this so far. I mean, I think guys respect him because of how long he's been with the team and who he is as a person, but they probably don't have that level of fear like they did with Sean Payton. Uh, might as well uh, roll with Jameis and see what he has for the rest of the way. Uh, it would be a tough sell to the fans next season if he's not starting and producing. Derek, yeah, I, I say right now, based on everything that's going on, based on the record of the New Orleans Saints, I think you need to roll with Jameis Winston. I mean, at, at worst, you you figure out what what he can actually do. Can you actually build around this? I mean, let them go for it, right? You know, if it doesn't work out, then you can go out here and get yourself another quarterback. Uh, you know, give a guy, you know, a large enough sample size. Be like, okay, look, we evaluated you. We felt like, you know, there was a lot to be desired. I mean, give him an opportunity to see what he has. You know, it may it may end up being good. It may end up being bad. But at least you know what you have if you need to move forward uh, next season. But you don't want to just have him on the sidelines and saying, ah, we've we, we seen enough. You know, like, let's see what we got. The difference between Peyton knows how to push the player's buttons. He knows what he is looking for. And if uh, you can't do it, you're on the bench. Yeah. And, and not to mention, you know, he's extremely meticulous about certain things. Like, Sean Peyton will look at, like, how how fast is the wind blowing in the stadium that we're playing in this week? You know? You know, what type of spikes we need to have on our cleats? Uh, you know, what's the what's the sleep regimen? Like, it, it's little stuff that I feel like Sean Payton paid attention to that we found, like, funny at the time. But when you think about it, it's like him being so meticulous made the team successful. And, you know, and also he, was, he wasn't afraid to think outside the box. He wasn't afraid to see what the analytics says, but he's not going to just completely rely on analytics like Dennis Allen does, right? He'll look at it and be like, you know, it says there's a 40% chance that we might get a first down right here. Man, whatever. Okay, let's go for it. it it's stuff like that, right? If, if you tell Sean Payton there's a 40% chance that we might not convert this, based on his personality, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's go ahead and go for it. I don't care. With Dennis Allen, like, it's a 40% chance we won't make this punt. You know, it, it, like, come on, man. Like, why, why you're so worried about doing the right things? You need to be focused on coaching the team your way and doing your thing. And if you're not, then I don't know, man. You can't be, you cannot coach careful in the modern day National Football League. Like, how many times do we see guys go for it on fourth down? How many times we see guys we think gonna kick a field goal, but out comes the offense? How many times have we seen? you know, trick plays and, and stuff on special teams. We're like, man, they went for it right there. Like, are they crazy? Stuff like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, how many times have we actually seen these things? We see it quite a bit. So I, I just don't know. I just think that the the passive approach is just it, – it's just too much for me, man. Like, I'm a little bit of a risk taker. I, look, I feel like this. Like, as long as I'm seeing you trying, I have no problem with you. Like, but when I see you like giving very minimal effort and being careful and you're trying to, you know, make sure everything is all lined up and straight and all that kind of stuff, like I, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Cause I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
what's wrong with taking a risk if it don't work and i'm like okay at least they tried but for me to know that there's a possibility that you could have done this and you didn't even attempt to try it it just it's just not a good look dennis allen need that dog in him um he is not happening jerry it's not happening this man been coaching for a long time over 30 years if you ain't got it you just don't have it you just don't like it's not going to happen overnight and even if it did happen overnight nobody will believe you Nobody will believe you. Nobody will believe what you're trying to sell because they're gonna be like, "Man, that's not your personality." So now you, now you being fake with me, and we all know we don't like fake stuff. I mean, at least I don't. I don't, I don't like. I don't like when stuff is not genuine. That's why I can't roll with people who just try to be shock jocks and just get behind the mic just to be angry, just to try to generate certain attention. Or if you're just, you know, into something, you're acting as if you're holier than thou and you're trying to give these people all this advice, but you're not even living by your own advice. I don't like fake stuff. And I'm pretty sure everybody here don't like fake stuff. And we pretty much can tell a phony a mile away. Right. So if he comes in there on some on some new Rodney stuff, you know, what I'm saying talking about winning one for the Gipper. But, you know, you was very passive and very conservative last week. Ain't nobody going to buy that. If anything, it would completely like dissolve the team because they were questioning the leadership. Dalton Strength was supposed to be not turning the ball over, and he's out here throwing pick sixes. Where they do that at, TJ? Yeah, I mean, look, then Andy Dalton is who he is. Andy Dalton has always been who he is. Like if you've been following his career, what what you seen in those games where he was, you know, managing a game? That's him. The games that you see where he just makes mistakes, that's him also, right? Like, if you've been following him and following his career, you know that's just who he is. But, I mean, I'm not going to just say that, you know, there's not a place for Andy Dalton. Like, if Andy Dalton was to play in a game, let's just say play in a game this week, I wouldn't be mad. I feel like the Saints would have just the same amount of chance that they would if you know, if uh, Jameis was winning, I mean, Jameis was playing. I'm just being serious. Like, I look at these guys, I put it like this. If you combine both of these guys together, you got yourself a really a pretty damn good quarterback. If you take Andy Dalton's decision-making and and Jameis Winston's skill set and combine that together, like, you basically got yourself a, a really good quarterback. So I just feel like both of these guys are going to do things that make you say, wow. And then it's going to be other thing where it just make you say, man, wow. You know, like, you know, they both have that. So I don't look, I feel like the whole debate between these two, I just feel like it's just a waste of time. I, I really do. Like, because I feel like in the process of us evaluating these guys and talking about, hey, you need to do this. He need to do this. We need to start him. We need to start that. Like, I feel like we just taken away from the whole experience. Like, that's kind of like why I start to like kind of taper off this whole quarterback controversy, because I feel like it, it it makes it makes me not appreciate the game itself. Like if you just paying attention to every throw that Andy Dalton makes. Right. You know, oh, man, Jameis would have threw it over the top. Or if Jameis playing, Andy would have just took that check down. Like, I feel like, man, you don't like you just wasting your time. Like you're not even enjoying the process. I'm like. I want to see these guys play. I want to see these guys lead the team to victory. And, you know, then we'll talk about their performance. But I'm not, like, going to evaluate a quarterback on every throw. Like, I see people like, 
evaluating these guys on every throw and every throw that they make. If it's a good play, oh, yeah, he needs to start. If it's a bad play, where Jameis at? Where Taysom at? You know, like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I like to enjoy the process. Like, if it don't work out, it just don't work out. But I'm not going to be evaluating any quarterback based on one throw or two throws or every throw that they make. I'm just not. Uh, TJ, even if we win a division, we are not uh, going far in the playoffs. I thought it was the Super Bowl or bust. Are we lowering our standard for the season? I mean, Emac, you already look. If you watch the State of the Saints podcast, you already know how I feel. Like all this making it to the playoff stuff, like that stuff was good. Like when the Saints wasn't making the playoffs during that stretch around 2014, about 2016. Like we just happened to make the playoffs then. But when you have this type of talent on your team and you're supposed to have this type of defense, you're supposed to be able to win it all. I mean, we've been to the playoff before only to lose. And I'm not trying to be and I'm not trying to be a part of that group that's like, well, at least we made the playoffs so we can feel good, you know, talking to other people that's our rivals, right? Fans of other other rival teams. Like I don't care about that. I, I want to see this team be prosperous and win and and believe that they can actually win. You know, that that's my whole point. It's it, people talking about winning the division and stuff like that. Like, I just feel like the Saints are kind of beyond that. They will at least they should be beyond that. But the fact that they're not is is very, very like heartbreaking and disappointing. And also the the dialogue of people who basically has lowered their standards. Like we just okay with just making a playoffs. We okay with just winning the division. Like if all we gotta do is get to seven or eight wins. Like have we have we come to this point as a fan base? I mean I can't I can't get down with that, man. I don't I'm I can't dwell in mediocrity. It's right, you know, if if you're gonna make the playoffs, I want to believe that you have a chance to win it, not that you just fell behind backwards into it. Uh that fact, CJ Sean Payton did the work beyond his job. That's what made him great. Yeah, the little small stuff made made him great. Uh I'm gonna take a, a few more, then I have to go, folks. I apologize for this because I got a meeting I gotta get to in about two minutes. But what I do is um after the meeting over, I have some time, then I'll get back on and, and finish up again. All right. So um, let's see. Uh, I want to see how accurate Winston is healthy. Dalton will not be our franchise quarterback. He's going to retire in the next two years. Watch. Well, look, anybody that thinks that Andy Dalton is going to be the franchise quarterback, then I just think that they're actually uh, losing their mind. Right. I mean, this guy's like, what, 34 years old. Like he's not the franchise quarterback. Right. So that, that's that's another reason why you should start Jameis. I mean, look, I mean, who has more upside at this particular point is is Jameis. Right. He's younger. You know, he, he has more years left on him than Andy Dalton. Did. Andy Dalton was signed by the Saints to be the backup quarterback in case situations like what happened with Jameis arise. But, you know, anybody that's looking for. Thank you. Thank you. He's 35. So, yeah, see, I mean, he ain't got that much left, you know, time left. And so I say you, you roll with Jameis and see what you got. You know, that's that's the best that you can do. Getting excited at a prospect of winning a bad division is Falcon fan behavior. We bigger than this. That's how I'm saying it. I'm not just okay with just making a playoff. Like, what's the point of making a playoffs only for you to just sit out there and just lose? You know, well, you, you can't win it unless you you in it. That's a good point, but. I don't know, man. I'm just I, I I cannot bask. I cannot bask in the waters 
uh, you know, saying a bath in the waters, I should say, of mediocrity. I'm just not. I'm I'm sorry. Like this team is much better, and we all were speaking a completely different language in the offseason, right? The fact that we're tempering our expectations like speaks volumes, in my opinion. But uh, thank you all so much for checking out the State of Saints podcast. Uh, once again, I'm going to try to get back if uh, the meeting doesn't run too long. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com. Search The State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com. Search The State of the Saints podcast. You can also check out previous episodes that are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And also, before you go, if you have not already, I ask that you hit the like button. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?